Thanks so much for joining us here on the Rivers Church Podcast. We see a church full of passionate people who reach the unchurched with the gospel of Jesus. Our heart is to equip people to love, live, and lead in God's kingdom. We hope you enjoyed today's message and pray that it encourages you to be all that God has destined you to be. If you need anything, please feel free to reach out to us and check us out on our website at riverschurch.co. That's riverschurch.co. You could all stand with me for the reading of the word. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, verses 16 through 20, uh, reading in the uh, New Living. So it says this. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Hey, we've all been given a message. It's a message of reconciliation to God, but also a message of reconciliation for one another. I want to pray this over us right now. Would you join me right now as we pray? Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for just the power, the importance, the truth that it gives us. And Lord, I just pray over every person right now, Lord, may they first and foremost experience reconciliation with you. Lord, if there's anybody here listening to this that's in this place, Lord, I pray that if they don't know you, Lord, I pray that today would be a day that they recognize you are real, you love them, you care about them, you have amazing plans for them, Lord, and they would say yes to you and, and commit to following and serving you for the rest of their life. Lord, I pray for all of us, Lord, that we would all be people who carry the message of reconciliation everywhere we go. Lord, may we be ministers of reconciliation, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why don't you go ahead and have a seat? Having some fun here today, aren't we? Super sports Sunday. 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 That's right. (laughs) You know, what's interesting about the Super Bowl is that this is the second year the Super Bowl is being played in the hometown team is playing in the Super Bowl. It's never happened before. Then it happens two years in a row. Did you hear the NFL has actually announced they're going to make sure this never happens again? And so they have determined that is the Super Bowl is going to permanently be in Dallas for the rest of ever. I said that for my Dallas friends. <laughs> well, hey, let's talk about emotional health, right? Emotional health, how to raise your EQ. You know, I witnessed something amazing this last week. I was in my office just down the road here at Starbucks. And I, I always have these noise cancellation headphones that I put on. I can just kind of just zone the whole world out and I can focus, I can study, I can work. And so I'm just doing this, minding my own business. Music's going, I'm just in the zone. And I can hear over my music people yelling in Starbucks. And I look over next to me. And these two people next to me, not far from me, 
are yelling at each other. They're screaming. And so the guy who's next to me, he's like, you stop talking to me. You stop talking. And she's like, you can't talk to me this way. You can't talk. And so they're both back and forth just yelling at each other at the top of their lungs, screaming in Starbucks. And so I take my headphones and I kind of slide them down a little bit. I'm like, I got to. I got to listen to this. This is, this is fascinating right now and sad all at the same time, but fascinating. And, and there's a, a Starbucks employee right there standing, trying to calm them down, talk to them, you know, and I'm watching this take place. And again, I think it was the guy that was saying, uh, you can't talk to me this way. And she's saying, you stop talking. You be quiet. And they're just yelling this at each other. And then finally the lady looks at the employee and says, I'm not talking to him anymore. Can you tell him to be quiet? Tell him. And, and the guy's like, you can't talk to me that way. And she's like, I'm calling the cops. And so he picks up the phone and he calls the cops. And so then the, 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 the cops are going to come, apparently. And uh, the, the worker there from Starbucks kind of talks to them. Hey, guys, can you just wait here quietly until the cops come? And would you know, 30 minutes later, God bless those cops having to respond to a call on a situation this stupid. But they walk in, they, you know, they interview people, they take, they take the, the people outside in, individually, and they, they navigate this. Hey, sir, we just determined, can you go sit across the way over there on the other side of Starbucks? Because she was here first and all that. And I remember in the middle of all of that, I went to get some water from the counter and I asked the manager, I'm like, what is this? What's going on? And apparently the lady was so upset that the guy came and sat next to her because there was other chairs available in the, in the restaurant. And so she was like, he's too close to me. He's bothering me. I, I'm upset. Can you ask him to move? And so it, be, it became this big, huge deal as they were yelling at each other. The cops have to come. And so the guy doesn't go and sit across the Starbucks. He actually goes outside and he's sitting down on the curb. I can see him. And once you know, 15 minutes later, he comes right back in the store and sits right next to her. I'm like, uh-oh. Oh, shoot. Here we go. Here we go, you know, but the, this time I, I looked over and she's just like, she's annoyed. She's like, you know, but she doesn't do anything. And uh, they just quietly mind their own business like they should have done in the first place. It was this classic case of this right here. Adults can be chronologically mature, but that doesn't mean they're emotionally mature. These people were at least in their 40s, probably more as they screamed and yelled at each other in a very public place, I thought, if you do this publicly, what do you do in private? You know, I've met people in their 50s and their 60s and their 70s that are emotionally immature. This is why I think this is a very important series for us, that we talk about this, that we lean into this this month. How can we raise our EQ, our emotional quotient, like we talked about last week? How can we be emotionally mature? A lot of adults find themselves where they're easily offended. It doesn't take much. Just trip them up. Or they easily annoyed, or they, they're, they're so selfish, they want their way, and if they don't get their way, they pout, they throw a fit. <laughs> you seen that? They blame other people. Uh, they'll ignore people, give people the silent treatment, and they act. It's, it's all emotional immaturity. See, it's possible to be in your 50s and have the emotional maturity of a 15-year-old. So we need to grow in the Lord. God wants us to grow in maturity. One of the things we looked at last week, Pete Scazzaro, he says this, the author of Emotionally Healthy, all that stuff. He says, it's impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. And so true. So last week we looked at different stages. You know, in life we understand there's different stages of there's an infant and there's a child, there's an adolescent and there's an adult. 
And we can act differently in those stages, but emotionally, we can find ourselves being an adult chronologically, but emotionally being a child. And so these represent also emotional stages. We want to grow emotionally, not just chronologically. Hey, you're a year older than you were a year ago. Are you more mature than you were a year ago? That's the goal, right? So God wants us to grow up. In 1 Corinthians verse 11, a very important verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, that's what I meant to say there. Uh, chapter 13 is the famous love chapter, right? You, have you seen that before? We use it in weddings, right? Love is patient, love is kind, love, and it's, this is going to be our perfect marriage. We're going to be patient and kind. And all, so, so it's the love chapter. I think uh, 1 Corinthians 13 should actually be known as the maturity chapter, because that's really what Paul is talking about in chapter 13. So this is what verse 11 says. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. So Paul's saying, when I grew up, I put my big boy pants on. And I stopped being immature. So today, I want to talk to you about a number one skill I think you and I need to have if we're going to be emotionally mature, if we're going to be people who are healthy, in our emotional life. Last week, we talked about the first step. We've gotta be aware, growing in self-awareness, but this is like the number one skill that I think we need to have, and it's this. How to resolve conflict in an emotionally healthy way. Come on, let's talk about this today. I thought it's a fitting day. You know, we're gonna watch the Super Bowl, you know, two teams going at each other, you know, and there's, there's a healthy way for them to do that, and you might see it unhealthy at times, too, where it gets out of hand, they get crazy, emotions start running rampant, okay? So let's talk about how do we resolve conflict in emotionally healthy way. This is how we show our maturity. Those of you that have done premarital with me, uh, and I'm doing three couples right now, premarital, it's awesome. You know, it's one of those seasons, I guess. But this, I always hit on two things, communication and conflict resolution. Communication and conflict resolution. I talk about it so much, they, they expect it. They, they know this is, what's, this is what we're dealing with here. Conflict resolution, I've learned, is something that a lot of people struggle with. We struggle, and it's not just Christians, but it's a lot of people. But I think as, as believers, we especially should be good at resolving conflict. But unfortunately, a lot of people settle for what is called false peace. It's not true peace. It's a, it's a false peace. We don't do anything about it. We know there's an issue. There's an elephant, maybe, but we're not going to talk about it because we just want to keep the peace. So we don't want to upset anybody. We don't want to deal with this. People might get upset, so they'll ignore. They'll suppress. They'll keep quiet, give the cold shoulder. This is all immaturity. It's not maturity. Jesus said this. Matthew 5, this is the Beatitudes, one of them. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Now, notice Jesus didn't say peacekeepers. There's a difference between a peacekeeper and a peacemaker. A peacekeeper, someone is like, I just don't want to, let's not talk about it. Let's all just get along and be friends. Let's hug each other and smile because everything's good, right? I know there's big issues that we probably should, let's not talk about it, okay? Let's not think about it, okay? Just, let's keep the peace. Peacekeepers don't deal with issues, and then the issues continue to get worse and worse and worse. Peacemakers are people that have the courage to have conversations to work out peace. They make peace through having courageous Conversations. There's actually a book out there I highly recommend called Crucial Conversations. It's not a Christian book, but there's a lot of biblical principles in this Crucial Conversations book. And so that's what it means to be a peacemaker. 
Jesus wants us not be, to not be peacekeepers, but to be uh, peacemakers. And Jesus was himself. He had no problem speaking to issues. He had no problems addressing things that were going on. So here's the deal, guys. You and I, we cannot experience the authentic peace and love of God by pretending nothing is wrong. It's impossible. So we have to have the courage to address conflict, to hit it head on. Honestly, it's the loving thing to do. It's you and I putting our big boy pants on. It's, it's you and I making sure that we talk through things that need to be dealt with. Sometimes we gotta push through things that we struggle with, right? I'm afraid. I'm afraid I'm gonna upset them. I'm afraid it's not gonna go well. I'm afraid that I'm gonna get triggered and I'm gonna blow up. I'm gonna, maybe some of us get defensive. We gotta step through all of those things, work through all of those things, ask God to help us so that we can have important healthy conversations and not, not just allow issues to keep going on, but we want to be peacemakers. Peacemakers. So in order to do this, guys, we actually got to go beneath the surface. We talked about the iceberg thing last week. We got to go beneath the surface. We got to allow ourselves to grow in emotional health. We got to strengthen our emotionally healthy muscles, if I could say it that way. Uh, we need to grow in things like humility, openness, Empathy, learn to see things from other people's perspective, vulnerability, grow in, in how we can love people the way Jesus loves people, and how we can love people the way he's called us to love people. So as we go through this here today, I want you to think about who do you have a conflict with? And for some of us, we don't like to think about this. Why don't you think about it? Who do you have a conflict with? Maybe it's a coworker or a family member. Maybe you had a falling out with somebody. Think about that person, or maybe it's a couple people. And I want you to think about how you can lean into being a peacemaker in this relationship. And I want you to let God speak to you and help you, give you courage and strength and maybe even healing so that you can have this important conversation, all right? Because I want to give you a gift today. I want to give you some steps. This is going to help you. Some of you, this might help you save hundreds of dollars on therapy. You're welcome. Okay? <laughs> Take some notes as we're going through the stuff. I think this will be very, very, very beneficial for you. But let me just say this. This is what peacemaking is not, before we go into the steps. Peacemaking is not avoiding. Peacemaking is not appeasing. It's not what it is. Avoiding, that's what we call being a coward. That's immaturity. Appeasing is also immaturity. That's what we call codependent. So that's not what peacemaking is. We want to be peacemakers who address conversations, who lean into these important conversations. Again, Jesus did this. Okay, the peace will never come by pretending that what is wrong is right. Let me just say this again. We said this a few moments ago. We cannot experience the authentic peace and love of God by pretending nothing is wrong. Not possible. So I think it's important to say that this doesn't happen overnight. It's going to be a process for many of us. You know that saying in Scripture, time heals all wounds? It's not in Scripture. Time heals all wounds. Now, time can help sometimes the, the painful sting, but it doesn't heal all wounds. If we don't deal with things, they will get worse. We talked about it last week. Unprocessed emotions don't die. 
And so we got to deal with things, otherwise they will get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. So, step number one, let me encourage you with this. Write this down. Step number one, you make the first move. You give the gift of going first. Don't wait for the other person. Take the initiative. It requires maturity to do this. Some of us might say, well, Tyrone, it was all their fault. You don't know what they did. I'm, if they come to me, then I'll talk to them. Yeah, then, then I'll work through it. Okay, let me just tell you. Make the first move. Jesus said something interesting. We already looked at verse 9 in chapter 5. Let's look at verses what, 23 and 24 in chapter 5. Jesus said this. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your, offer your gift. That's the interesting thing that Jesus would say. Have, has this ever happened to you? Have you ever been going to church with your family or friends and you got in a fight? Probably nobody in this room. That's for other, <laughs> other Christians, right? Not nobody here, right? Yeah. <laughs> that ever happened? So here's what Jesus is saying. You get in a fight, you got an issue, there's conflict going on. It is better for you to stay outside the building, stay in the car, and work through the issue before you go into worship. That's what Jesus is saying here. Say, hey, someone is in the temple offering their gift. They're worshiping God, giving their gift, and they remember, I have a conflict. Someone has an issue with me, actually. Jesus says they should stop what they're doing right there, leave, go and be reconciled to their brother, to their sister, to that person, and then come back to worship. Jesus is actually putting the importance of conflict resolution above attending church. That's how much of a big deal this is to Jesus. So Jesus wants us to work through things. He wants us to go and have those conversations. You know, emotionally mature adults, they don't wait. They don't make excuses. They don't delay. They don't procrastinate. Some of you, maybe you've been doing that. You, maybe it's been weeks or months or years, and you haven't had the conversation, you haven't dealt with the issue, and every time you're with that person, the elephant is there. Let me encourage you now, don't wait any longer. Make that first move. Can I just say that avoiding that is damaging your soul? It is killing you on the inside it's hindering your relationships, not just with them, but with other people. It's going to eventually come out more and more against other people. It's, it, it will affect your relationship with God. Two, actually, look at First uh, John 4. Whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother or sister, is a liar. Whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. It's going to affect our relationship with God. First Peter 3. This is for us husbands here. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Husbands, we can hinder our prayers by how we treat our wives. Which again, I'll just put in another plug for that weekend getaway, for the marriage weekend getaway. It is awesome. Amy and I also did it last year. I highly recommend you investing in your marriage and doing that. 
Andrew, if you're curious, we can help figure that out. We can, we can make sure we, we take care of, I don't know where Andrew went, but uh, we can take care of you, bro. We can, we can hook you up. <laughs> Pretty easy. We can tie the knot. That's what I'm saying, yeah. If he wants to go, let's, let's get him married. Let's do it, all right. <laughs> uh, so, hey, um, should I, yeah, I lost my train of thought there. <laughs> Husbands, <sighs> let's make sure we honor, we respect, we love our wives as Christ has loved the church. Uh, that affects our prayers and our relationship with God if we don't. This is a big deal, guys. Uh, having issues with other people affects other relationships. It affects our relationship with God. In fact, Jesus said if we don't forgive other people, he's not going to forgive us. And so we got to forgive. we got to forgive. we got to learn to let go. Okay, maybe you're like me and you like to avoid these things. That's my tendency. Can I just be honest? Be real. I like to avoid conflict. Anybody identify? It's like when the conflict comes, I'm like, oh. it's like you know, it's, I'm, I'm like Neo in the Matrix, man. It's like, no. <laughs> I'm avoiding that at all costs, okay? It's like, that's not, that's my natural tendency. <laughs> Some people are like skunks when it comes to conflict. Some people are like turtles, a skunk, when there's a conflict, everybody knows about it. Okay, they stink in the room up, there's a problem, everybody knows, okay? A turtle, they hide. They hide from this. They're just like, I don't want to deal with this, I don't want to think about it, I don't want to talk about it. Okay, so obviously my tendency is to be a turtle. I like to avoid conflict. Another way we could look at it is the difference between uh, cows and buffalo. I don't know if you know this, but when a storm is coming at cows, cows want to run away from the storm. And so what happens is they will run away from the storm. The storm will catch up with them. They'll keep running. They'll keep running. And that storm, they're in the storm four times longer than they would have been uh, because they're trying to outrun the storm and they're trying to miss it and trying to uh, avoid it. And they just end up in it for, for four times longer because they're running now with the storm. Buffaloes respond differently. This is fascinating. Buffaloes actually go right at the storm. When the storm comes, they go right into it. And once you know, they, they face the storm, but then they're done with it like that. Because they run through the storm. And, and one of the mottos I've developed in my life is I need to buffalo that. You need to buffalo that. Some of these conversations, that's what you need to do. You need to buffalo that. Can I just say, like, that doesn't mean stampede over people. Okay, we'll talk about, like, do it in love. We'll get there today. But this is, I'm talking about making the first move. That's what we're talking about here, right? Make the first move. Okay, so when you buffalo a situation... Uh, a conflict in a healthy way, what you find is freedom and joy. And, and, and there's trust that is developed in relationships. It's, there's deeper relationships. There's fulfillment is what takes place. So let me encourage you to make the first move. The emotionally healthy, mature person makes the first move. Don't wait for the other person to move. Move first. And so maybe what you do is you schedule a meeting, you schedule what I like to call the peace talk. We call that in premarital counseling, the peace talk. And so then you know going into it, we're going to talk. We're going to talk about what's going on. We're going to talk about the issue, marriage, couples. I encourage you, sometimes you need to schedule the peace talk. Okay, we're, we're struggling to resolve an issue. Let's, let's talk about it later. We're running out of time right now. It's 2 a.m. We probably should get some sleep. So let's schedule this. I love you. Forgive me. Deal with the anger. And then schedule the peace talk. Okay, so... Sometimes you need to schedule, but what I've learned is that when you schedule it, you go into the conversation knowing, I'm going to talk about this. And you can walk in with humility. 
I can be ready to not be defensive because I'm going to be open. I want to seek to understand. I want to listen. I'm going to learn. Okay, we're going to love each other through this. If it's a big deal, maybe you need to take a lot of time and pray before you have that meeting. Pray for that person. Pray for that individual. God, I know you love them. Would you help me love them? God, give me a love for that person. God, would you help me see them as you see them? What we're doing is we're inviting God to speak to our heart before we speak to them. We're inviting God into that, into that conversation, into that situation. Okay, so number one, make the first move. Number two, begin with what's my fault. Start there. Don't go with what they did. You did this, and you did this, and you know I don't like this, and when you do this, it upsets me. Don't go there. You might say, well, Tyrone, this is them. This is their issue, okay? That's fine, but still, this is, the, this is the humble, mature way to start. Begin with, this is my fault, okay? Can I just say there's always something we can own because we're human? There's always something, all right? So you can say, like, this is where I went wrong. This is what's my fault. Because the goal is to attack the issue, not each other. That's what we're going after. James says this. James 4. Verse one, verse two. What is causing the quarrels and the fights among you? Don't they come from all the jerks around you by what they say to you and how they treat you? No, wait, that's not what the Bible says. Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? Huh. You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Okay, so there are issues inside of all of us that can surface, that can cause us to have something we need to take ownership of. This is what was my fault. Last week, we talked about the importance of living by the Spirit, walking in the Spirit. How do I know if I'm being emotionally healthy? The fruit of the Spirit's coming out of my life. And and so it's important that I, I allow the Holy Spirit to fill me and lead me and help me in every moment of the day, but especially in conversations like this. If I'm filled with the Spirit, and the Spirit really is leading me in life, it's amazing how something can happen and it doesn't really trip me up. It doesn't bother me. But if I'm living in the flesh, even the little thing just trips me up. And I'm like, how dare you? You know, it's like I just fly off the handle with some stupid little thing. So we want to let the Spirit fill us and lead us. So it depends on what's, what's operating in your life. Let the Spirit operate in your life. Now, did you know that most conflict happens because of unmet expectations. This is a big deal, guys. Unmet expectations are the root of most conflict. There's different types of expectations we have. There are unconscious expectations. As we have this conflict, then we realize, I didn't even notice. I didn't know that about me. This unconscious expectation, I was so upset at you, and here's why. But I didn't realize that was why, and it was good to talk about it. There's unrealistic expectations as well. We can be very unrealistic about what we expect from other people, and let's just remind ourselves that nobody can fulfill us in life. Nobody can meet all of our needs except God. Only he can meet all of your needs. Do not have unrealistic expectations. This is, this is the big one, guys. It's, it's, a, it's a tough one, and we, we can tend to do this with our spouse, Continue to do this with a lot of people, really. I mean, I've, there's people that have left this church because of their expectations of me. 
I didn't go and visit them when they, they thought I was supposed to visit them, even though other people from the church visited them. But because the pastor didn't visit, they left the church. And so it's unrealistic expectations. we got to be careful. I can't meet everybody's needs. But God can meet your needs. And here's what I've learned. Together, we can all love each other. We can help each other. and We can meet needs as the body. Okay, so number three, unspoken. Here comes unspoken expectations. I know I have it, but I haven't talked to you about it. Okay, and, and this is, comes out. Okay, and then number four is unagreed upon. Maybe we have talked about it. I've expressed this, but we haven't agreed upon how we're going to handle this. So even though we haven't agreed upon I'm upset because you did not meet my expectations. We didn't clarify it. So we've got to work through expectations and have conversations on this and not expect other people just to meet our needs. No, you know, emotionally, emotional children expect other people to read their minds. <laughs> so we don't want to be that. Emotionally healthy people will clarify expectations up front when possible, or through the conversations, through the conflict, they will learn to clarify those expectations. So when there's a gap, there's a disappointment, something happens, the mature way is like, okay, let's talk about this. Let's, let's work through this. Help me. This, this, this is what I was feeling. This, you know, what were you feeling? What was going on? Let's, let's talk through this. This is you and I really putting our big boy pants on like we keep talking about, Right? Ask yourself, am I willing to grow up and have these mature, healthy conversations? Am I willing to be the adult, to be the bigger person? Or would I rather just let this relationship die? Because that could eventually be the other alternative. <clears throat> mature adults resolve conflicts rather than dissolve relationships. My wife and I, we've had lots of conflicts through the years. We're at 19, going to be 20 years this fall. And it's amazing how many times we've had conflicts over unmet expectations. Even still, like there's unmet expectations that just come out, you know, and so we talked through, there's conflict, what was going on there, you know, and I expected her to do this and she didn't, so I'm at her. She expected me to do this, you know, we, get, we talk through those and it's such a blessing when you work through things. As I think back through the years, like if we didn't learn and grow in working through these issues and resolving conflict, we would have missed out on so many blessings together. Not to mention just the growth of that relationship. I'm so thankful. So here's, here's a, a sentence I want to give you. It's a magic sentence. I think it's going to help you. Because we all know like the magic words to use in conflict are, I'm sorry, right? Okay, so let me give you a whole sentence here, okay? So I'm sorry. Would you please forgive me? I want to understand your perspective. This, this, is, this will help you out here, okay? I'm sorry. Would you please forgive me? I want to understand your perspective. Let's practice this together, okay? Let's do it all together, okay? I'm sorry. Would you please forgive me? I want to understand your perspective. That was good. Let's do it again. I'm sorry. Would you please forgive me? I want to understand your perspective. Okay, this is good. Okay. Hey, this will help in any relationship. Men, if you do this in your marriage, it will go well for you. <laughs> After your wife wakes up from on the ground, passing out on the ground and comes to... <laughs> It will go well for you. It's a magic sentence, okay? James chapter 1. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. 
Notice James doesn't say, quick to speak and slow to listen. Quick to become angry. No. Quick to listen. Slow to speak. That's why they say God gave us two ears and one mouth, right? Listen twice as much as you talk. Quick to listen. Slow to speak. And slow to become angry. This helps people be, uh, to feel seen and heard and loved and cared about. So, step number three. Let's go into step number three. We need to confess our blind spots. We all have blind spots, don't we? Some of us here have bald spots. You can see. <laughs> but uh, we all got blind spots. And typically, we can see other people's blind spots in high-definition 4K. Like, it's like obvious, right? It comes out. That's why I love what Jesus says. Matthew 7, verse 3. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Huh. Isn't that amazing how we can just see other people's faults and issues? We can have one little speck that we see in other person's eye, but there's a plank in ours. And actually, you know, Jesus was, was being kind of humorous here. Okay, so Jesus... Uh, you know, is very familiar with woodwork. He was a carpenter. He probably had saw and sawdust, a speck going to his eye. I mean, so he's kind of being funny here. Obviously, he doesn't mean this literally. He's being figurative in this, but it makes sense, right? Hey, oh, you see that little issue in someone else? Come on, can you just look in the mirror? You got a plank coming out of your eye there. And you think about this, like, here I am. I'm approaching you with the plank, and I want to help you with your speck, and I, I can't even reach you because of my plank. I'm trying to help somebody, and then I walk around, and I'm, I'm, I'm bumping into people. I'm hitting people with my plank. <laughs> and everywhere I go, oh, they got an issue. Oh, they got an issue, and they got an issue. And they, if, if everywhere, I, everywhere I go, I got an, someone's got an issue, then I might want to do a little soul searching. I might want to do a little reflection underneath the surface of my life, because if everyone has an issue everywhere I go, maybe I'm the issue. Maybe there's a plank that I need to deal with. I need to take out of my eye. Now, Jesus, interestingly, doesn't say, don't help other people grow. He's like, before you help somebody, before you deal with that speck of sawdust, make sure you deal with you first. Humble yourself. Work through your issues. Then you can see how you can move forward. Sometimes you may not even need to move forward. You just did what you need to do. That's take care of yourself. So, don't be a plank eye. That's the the whole premise of that right there. It takes self-awareness, doesn't it? Self-awareness. Last week, I gave you this next step, and I want to give it to you again today because I think this is a part of this topic again. But the next step was ask for input from a trusted friend. So ask for input on your blind spots from a trusted friend. Speak to me. What are some things that I'm not noticing in my life? Help me grow through this. What is this? They can tell you your blind spots. If you want to become more emotionally mature, have these conversations. You must do this. Number four, step number four, speak the truth in love. Speak the truth in love. Don't be that person who's like, well, I'm just telling it like it is. I just tell it the way I see it. Well, this is my personality. This is kind of, this is how I, I just saying it, you know, just, 
You know, some people are like, I just had to get it off my chest. Now I feel so much better that I got off my chest. <laughs> Why you hurt people and damage people in the middle. So you're, you're just being selfish and thinking all about you as you get it off your chest. Okay, this is all immaturity. Okay, you can speak the truth and hurt people. Easily done. So speak the truth in love. Comes from Ephesians 4. Or says, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become, in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. Mature body. That's the goal. We grow into maturity. That as, as the people of God, together we're helping each other grow in maturity as we speak to one another, help one another. But we got to speak in love. I've heard it called a, a truth burrito. Just wrap that in, in, in love. Okay? Wrap that truth in love. It's a truth burrito. So you're giving them a burrito of truth wrapped in love, right? Here's the deal, though. If you love that person, it, it's going to easily come out in love. If you really do love. That's why I, I'm a, a fan of praying. Praying for those people. Praying for the people you have conflict with. Pray. Pray, pray, pray over them, for them, and for God to give you love for them. And then lastly is this, step number five. Focus on reconciliation, not resolution. It's okay to try to work through resolution, but resolution may not always happen. But you can work through reconciliation. So reconciliation means this. It means we reestablish the relationship. We are reconciled. Okay, we've buried the hatchet, like we say, you know, I've, I've dropped the plank out of my eye. I've buried that, that two by four. Okay. It's done. It's not an issue anymore. Uh, we are good now. It's about us being good. We're at peace with each other. That's reconciliation. Okay. I'm not going to hold on to my hurt. You're not going to hold on to your hurt. It's forgiven. It's gone. You are released. Reconciliation. Resolution is we're going to resolve every disagreement that we've had. So that's just not possible. I, I, my wife and I have never been able to do this. There's no way you can resolve every disagreement. There are some things that you're never going to agree on because we're all different. I mean, you, you do the, the, the male-female thing. Oh, that, that right there, just huge chasm. Then we all have different values and opinions and thoughts and life. All that we're, we're never going to come to agreement. But let me just say this. You can disagree with people without being disagreeable. It is possible. That's called emotional maturity. <laughs> That's called Christ-likeness. You may not see eye to eye, but you can walk hand in hand. It's possible. You may have a different political point of view from somebody else, but you can still love and respect and embrace that person. This is maturity. And in the end, as you have these conversations, you honestly have to leave their response in God's hands. You leave it in God's hands. You cannot control how other people respond. You can only control you and how you respond. And I gotta trust God with this, this outcome. Can't control their reaction. But I can do the best that I possibly can at working through this. At least do my part. Love what Paul says in Romans 12. He says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. 
Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. It's interesting. So if it's possible, do your best to be at peace with everyone. It may not be possible. It may not always work out, but do your best is what God instructs us through his word. You may not be able to work it out with everybody. You may not be able to get along with everyone. Do your part, but you can't please everybody. That's a hard lesson I've had to learn in life. You can't please everyone. So, I wanna encourage you guys, have some courageous conversations. In an emotionally healthy way, work through conflict. Number one, make the first move. Number two, begin with what's my fault. Number three, confess our blind spots. Number four, speak the truth in love. Number five, focus on reconciliation, not on resolution. So this is my challenge for you. Practice conflict resolution in a healthy way. Pray about it today, this week. Who do I need to talk to? Do I need to deal with this right now? Be willing to put away the childish, the immature habits and patterns maybe you've had and lean into this. Guys, our our world desperately needs mature, healthy believers. We live in a broken world. We live in a a broken country. There's this broken families. There's brokenness everywhere. We, as the people of God, need to allow him to transform us so much from the inside out that we are stronger emotionally, that we can walk in maturity, and that we can be the ministers of reconciliation that he has called us to be. Uh, Today, as we go here, I just want to commission you as ministers of reconciliation. This is the ministry God has given you. We open with that scripture. Let me just look at the one verse there. All of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. God wants you to do for others what he has done for you. God made the first move for you and and many of us have responded. Now go and operate in this ministry that God has given you. Every single one of us as believers, we are ministers of reconciliation. We're gonna take that message of reconciliation everywhere we go so that people can be reconciled to God and also reconciled to each other. I wanna commission you as ministers of reconciliation. Let God use you to see reconciliation take place spiritually, relationally, emotionally, in the people in your lives. Amen. Stand to your feet. Let's pray. Thanks again for listening to this message at Rivers Church. We'd love to have you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. To learn more about what's going on in the life of our church community, check us out at riverschurch.co. I pray that this week you would walk in the power and the presence of God. Thanks for joining us.